Okay, hello everyone. We are live on episode 82 of Kuden Podcast, Kuden Radio. I call it different things because, I don't know, some people have trigger words. Anyway, uh, uh, where are we? Uh, this is uh, October 11th, 2021, for those of you who are keeping track, episode 82. And uh, the focus on uh, uh, this episode is on uh, not being accomplished your own ass kicking. Uh, I posted a, a, a meme a couple of days ago, um, alluding to this kind of thing, like, you know, when your goals are big enough, right? Um, you know, stop telling yourself, uh, there are a bunch of little words, right? But you stop bullshitting yourself, right? Uh, it's one thing to bullshit other people, but when you do it to yourself and, uh, you're buying your own crap, right? Uh, there's no hope, right? I mean, until that changes, shit will just keep being shit, right? Anyway, We'll talk about that more right after uh, we formally start everything. So, the big question is this. How are self-defense and success-minded people like us, concerned citizens worried about protecting ourselves, our loved ones, and the things we care about from the monsters we know exist in the world? How do we train in a way that gives us the skills, knowledge, and understanding we need without becoming paranoid fighters or killers ourselves? and yet still allows us to be the hero protector the world needs us to be? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Jeffrey Miller, and welcome to Kuden Radio, real training for real people in a real world. Alrighty then. Well, I had settings set right before uh, I went live, and then, uh, I don't know, this brand new microphone, I'll show you this thing, right? I don't know if I showed you before. Right, this big honking monster kind of thing that uh, one of my students uh, donated to the cause. Uh, thank you, Drew. I appreciate it. Um, so that I could sound even more, uh, I don't know, like I know what I'm talking about. Sorry, I accidentally hit the mute button. <laughs> There's all kinds of fucking technology around me now. So anyway, uh, he did the camera, so things look a little sharper or whatever. That's a Drew thing. Uh, it, it pays to have people in your in your network, which is actually one of those um, one of the first things I learned uh, in this art, among other things, right? Um, about success, right? And that's I'm, I'm going to keep moving along with this because again, here we are. What uh, episode 82, episode 68? When I re kick this stuff off, um, uh, I, I told basically my origin story, right? So I'll let you guys know these things. I'm not going to keep rehashing it, right? Uh, where I came from. Uh, but ironically, you know, it, it was the same person, right, that put me on this path, not intentionally, right? Not intentionally. Um, you know, if you, if you look at Hasmi Sensei's um, story, same thing, right? Raised by an alcoholic, abusive um, uh, father. Um, you know, just uh, it, it, somebody told me this a long, long time ago, probably in the shit. When was it? <laughs> early 80s, right? Uh, I met a couple of folks and, um, you know, we get talking about, you know, being in the security field or law enforcement or justice. So uh, I'm not trying to show you like uh, my shrinking man boobs, but um, I want to kind of frame things. Anyway, so, um, and, and the topic came up that a lot of us uh, ended up getting into this field, right? Personal security, security, law enforcement, military or whatever. Um, because we had a similar background, right? We had a similar beginning. And that's really what 
uh, what drove us, right? Um, pretty much the same things. I'm not liking this, sorry. Um, that, you know, one, we wanted to personally never live in, in that kind of uh, thing again. Um, but also that we wanted to protect other people, right, from the monsters, right, from people uh, that we were, in one way or another, right, running away from. Negative role models, call them whatever you want, right? If you happen to incline toward the PC thing, um, I try to strike a balance, but sometimes I don't, I just don't, that's not what works, right? So anyway, um, folks know about that side, right? Um, and my personal students know about this other side, right? But um, uh, what really, really, really attracted me to Nintatu, right, was, I mean, the, the self-defense things were cool, right? I mean, I was looking for different martial arts or different self-defense things, right, um, because I was a police officer and because of my past and, and all those kind of things. And I needed something that wasn't just effective, but it also met the needs of today's world, right? It wasn't a museum relic, right? I'm not knocking anybody else's martial art or whatever, right? Um, it's just the ones that I encountered, and I encountered a lot, right? Um, needed a lot of either personal intuitive insight from the practitioner to be able to sort through the, the lessons. We'll just say the lessons, right? Uh, to be able to apply things in today's world without going to jail themselves, right? Or without, um, you know, running the risk of exposing themselves in the wrong way to somebody that uh, personally didn't give a shit about the color of the belt that they had or the fact that they, you know, practice karate, right, in uh, in pajamas or, or whatever, right? And I say karate because, you know, I'm just, I don't know, I'm... I'm I'm a purist. I'm not a purist <laughs> in certain areas, but when it comes to like language, right? Um, yeah. Karate to me is like K-Rati. It's the first initial and last name of somebody in the, in the, the old phone books or on a Google search. Anyway. Uh, so, but what it, what really got me was the life mastery stuff, right? Because, um, truth be told, right? My, my martial arts instructors, my ninjutsu instructors, right, weren't just the guys who were teaching me how to not die or to not get beaten, broken, killed, you know, whatever, right? Um, they became the fathers or the the mentors, right, that I was sorely lacking, right? There's a big word for you, sorely. Um, that I was lacking, right? That I, I didn't I didn't have the benefit of, right? I mean, I had an uncle uh, on my dad's side, my stepdad's side, and grandparents on my mom's side that um, tried to instill those things, right? Um, but anyway, so uh, I had those, but it was really my martial arts instructors, and, and there were a couple of military leaders as well, that um, they weren't just like doing the whole tip of the boot love kind of thing, right? That kick in the ass to keep you straight and to keep you doing what you were supposed to be doing and all that. Um, cause it's left to the, to left to just that, right? Uh, a lot of personality types, especially people that, that remain, um, teenagers and preteens well into their thirties, forties and fifties or longer, right? Um, they just resent that shit, right? They just, they, they, they want to sound like the 10 year old, right? 
you're not the boss of me, and I'm going to do whatever I want, unless you catch me, in which case I'll, I'll keep doing what I'm supposed to do. Uh, but they gave me life lessons, right, which is why my academy, right, Warrior Concepts, Black Belt, and Life Mastery Academy, and why our program, right, Warrior Concepts, uh, Life Mastery Program, right, um, is designated as such, right? Our belt colors that we use come right off the mandala, right? Um, they match the five elements, right, that a lot of people know about, right? Um, but they're very different from the the base elements that uh, were kind of imported from Tibet, right, where uh, earth, water, fire, wind, and void are red, orange, yellow, green, blue, just like a rainbow, right? Um, but on the mandala, right, the colors are different because they reflect and they symbolize um, core life mastery things. It's not just this this base elemental kind of thing, right? Slow moving waves, and then they get faster and faster and faster, right? Physics really does work, um, and it, it's cool that it's reflected in in like the, the the system that's been passed down to us long before people had electron microscopes and shit like that to be able to like you know do these tests, right? Cool stuff uh, to me. It may not be cool to you. It may just be putting you to sleep. In which case, we'll talk to you after you wake up. Um, cause I'm not changing the shit I do anyway. Um, so, but it was this life mastery stuff. Right. And, um, the tip of the boot love kind of stuff was, was a constant reminder, right. Um, that you're over 18, you're over 21, whatever the hell the legal age is, wherever you are, you know, you need to stop blaming other people because now it's you in the driver's seat, right? How's your freaking program working? Right. And that's going to be a big crux of, of what I want to talk about today, right? Because um, we really are, right, in today, right, we are the the culmination, right? We're the, we're the collection of the collective mass, right, of everything that has, that has, that, that we've gone through, that we've been taught, that we've come to believe, right, uh, experiences that we've had, all kinds of things, right? So, um, but I want to talk about that, right? Because if we're really looking at success and, 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 and getting things done, right? And having a different outcome, right? I, and I know all the cliches, right? Change your mind, you change your life and all that, but there's, there's a lot. Holy shit. We have no idea how much baggage and how much stuff is getting in the way. Even, even stuff that sounded good, even stuff that sounded, um, you know, um, uh, positive and it sounded right and it was all nice and, and all that kind of stuff, right? We have no idea what kind of damage that does, um, especially if we latch on to it, right? And it becomes the thing that we're passing on, right, to our kids or or to our students if we're instructors, right? Um, you know, so so um, one of the things uh, that, that I got from one of my instructors uh, just was a, a constant reminder, right? Stop bitching, stop moaning, stop complaining, stop reminding yourself and the universe that you're a goddamn victim. Because you know what? Whatever you believe is true, right? even if for nobody else than you, right? So you know, all these other things can, you know, can be can be right and true and all that and the philosophy that we're studying and all that kind of stuff and the things that we parrot back, right? Um can all be great and, and they can point in the right direction. But as long as we believe consciously, subconsciously or unconsciously 
something that runs in contrast to that and is has way more force and way more power over us than these other things, nothing's going to happen, right? Nothing's going to happen. Uh, and anyway, I'm, I'm doing this from my temporary home office again instead of at the dojo, so I didn't bring my whiteboard, none of all this stuff. Um, I'm not doing this on Zoom either, so I don't even know if I can share my screen. I'll have to look at it at some other point. But um, so, but what I want to do is kind of kind of walk through some things. Um, but before before I do this little have you do this little exercise, right? That that I, really is important, right? Um, I want to tell you a story, right? Um, I want to tell you a story about me, okay? Uh, and I may have mentioned it last episode. I don't remember. Because uh, all these things just kind of bleed together, but um, about two—what is it now? Two, two and a half weeks ago, or whatever, right? Um, I had a little awakening moment, right? Um, because there was a time when, uh, man, I was just—I was cooking with these lessons and the philosophy and all that, and like shit changed, right? It, it changed to where I was—I was in survival mode. Right. And I, I know you guys, you know, have programs and all that. Right. Um, but if any, any of you have been around for a while and been connected to me for a while, you might have noticed that I haven't written any new articles in a long time. Right. Um, I haven't put out a new program in a couple of years. Right. I, I refired up Kuden. Right. But I had to come to realize that, like, I let, I let, <laughs> I let an everyday average mindset kind of creep in. And what it was doing is just gnawing away at the lessons and the philosophy and all that that I had come to not believe, that I'd come to use and depend on to just, like, move myself forward, right? To create things, to produce things, to, as I say, with the, one of the promises that I have at the, the academy is um, that we're, we're giving you the lessons, right? These proven, time-tested lessons, centuries-old lessons, right? That literally have allowed warriors and sages in the past, right? And allow you, right, to create the life you've always dreamed of living, right? While also developing the skills necessary to protect that life from anything that might harm it. Right. And that's that to me, that sums up all this stuff. Right. And unfortunately, what I've seen over the last decade or maybe even more is everything getting reduced. Right. I think I mentioned this in the last episode. Everybody keeps calling this needed to. Right. And it is if you're doing needed to. Right. But if you're just doing Nimpo Taijutsu, right, one aspect of needed to. I guess technically you are, but there's eight areas minimum, right, that you're supposed to be doing to claim to be doing needed to, right? Whether you're doing the traditional model or you're doing a modern equivalent, right? Um, and then most people aren't doing, even doing that, right? They're doing this thing that came out of like, what was it, 1998, right? Uh, out of the Princeton Taikai, where Hatsumi Sensei was talking about how people were just like, hurting themselves or hurting other people. Basically, what he was saying was um, people were an embarrassment to the art and the Bujinkan and him and their teachers and whatever. Because they misunderstood the stuff, right? They weren't doing enough studying. So what they were trying to do was a lame 
Hollywood version, right, of this art, right? They didn't understand it. Um, they were trying to take a 20th, 20th century, that would have been 20th century, uh, Western uh, translation or viewpoint of things or whatever and overlay it on this other stuff, and which made it even more difficult to understand. It just became a bunch of crap, right? And it tried to explain that Nijutsu is a variation on on conventional warrior skills, right? Everything about it is a, is a variation on, right? Um, so how do you how do you how do you do a variation of something you don't know, right? Um, how do you uh, and then on top of that, right? Nijutsu is supposed to um, be able to beat the conventional skills, right? But how do you do that? without understanding them, right? And knowing what the strengths and weaknesses of those skills are, right? So anyway, so that's where this whole Budo Taijutsu thing came out, right? So the whole idea was we need to take time off from this Ninjutsu thing, get caught up on Budo before we can even revisit it, right? Well, I, so <laughs> I'm just going to say less than a day, but I think it took less than 10 minutes. You know, that old game telephone, right? You pass around before people, you know, the next thing, that I saw in articles or, or in people's uh, uh, little, uh, what we have back then, uh, the early stages of the internet. So online newsletters and stuff like that, right? Forums, that's what it was. Forums, right? Um, that we're not doing Nijutsu, right? We're doing uh, Budo Taijutsu, right? So um, that everything's just like get flipped, right? So anyways, just all this crap, right? Uh, but what really impressed me when I got involved, right? Very, very early on. And you have no idea how thankful I am that I got involved then and have, have been able to, to ride the wave, right, and watch the shifts and changes and adaptations and, and all those kind of things, right? Um, because I got a chance to see, like, the full picture, right? Um, and then, you know, find myself in the inner circle for certain master teachers and, and all that to get um, – kind of the inside scoop or or whatever. Now, th that wasn't, like, easy, right? And, and it wasn't, like, sucking up or whatever, right? Which people, losers always blame something else, right? Um, it was freaking hard work, right? It was constantly testing and, and, and all those kind of things and asking um, the hard questions and being able to take uh, certain types of criticism, right, and be able to, to work with that and, and, and all that, right? Uh, that's how you end up, you know, impressing a teacher, Right, um, not bringing an apple to class. Right, suck it up and say, "Give you an apple." Right. I mean, that, it is a, psych, a good psychological trick. Right. It's called influence. It's called uh, the law of reciprocity. Right. You want something from somebody, so you give them something of equal or greater value, so that they have a harder time saying no to you because of the social wiring that we have. Right. So, screwy stuff. Hold on one second, Mike. Phone shifted here, and I just want to make sure that somebody didn't post a comment on uh, one of the other sites. I don't see anything. Uh, I see Shane on. Hey, Shane. Shane's one of my long-distance guys, all the way from California, right? So um, anyway, so uh, back to this thing again, right? What impressed me was the number of professionals that were in the group, like under my, my first couple of teachers, right? Um, like brain surgeons and lawyers and accountants and, and business people and, 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 you know, folks like that, right? Um, 
just very high-end people. Not that we didn't have, like, you know, the blue-collar worker, not that we didn't have, you know, self-employed people or janitors or whatever. I'm, I'm just talking about, like, percentage-wise, right? In all the other martial arts groups that I ever had ever been a part of, I didn't notice that. Maybe it was just, maybe I was just young and dumb and didn't pay attention, but, but I didn't see it, right? And in here, this was, like, in my face, right? And I, I think I shared these stories, a couple of these stories. Uh, I'm not going to go into them, right? But, but that became ever more self-evident every time I would go to a seminar that was outside of this ginormous circle or group or association or whatever that, uh, that I was a member of. The amount of whining and pissing and moaning and, and complaining and things like that, right, during break time or, or whatever, right? Um, you know, what I was used to was not only things starting on time, damn it, right? Because um, that, that's a show of discipline, right? Um, but people, like, coming up, there were hugs, and, and there was the, hey, you know, what have you been, what have you been, do- you know, what have you been doing, right? Um, you know, um, let's catch up. Hey, you know, um, hey, I saw you were doing this thing, and I, I saw you wrote this article, or I saw you, you know, whatever, right? Um just like sharing successes and the family's great and you know oh we had this little thing going on go on or whatever and man that sucked but you know what um i was able to xyz and and, and you know we're in a, de- a better position and stuff like that right very very different right i just i was not used to like i don't know some people would call it you know it was being real right well you know reality comes in in three different varieties right there's what is, right, regardless of perspective, right? There's just what is, right? There's conventional reality, right, based on, um, you know, your culture and social structure and, and language and, and family upbringing and all that kind of stuff, right? And then there's your personal reality, right, which is hopefully balanced between ultimate and conventional, but usually it's just, it's just habitual belief, right? Like, you know, I really want, I really want to, I really want, but I suck. But um, I have to, um, I, I have to do whatever my boss says. I have to do whatever my spouse says. I had, uh, right. In other words, I, I don't have any personal power to make any difference. So I, I want to be this thing, right? I want to be this, this ninja, right? This, this person that is descended from these people that got away from the bullshit, but got way away, right? Into the mountains, became like not only uber survivors, but but developed these skills that people were willing to pay for. They had such a high value, right? Um, and and God, so much personal and group power and, and things like that, right? I want to be that. But, um, but could you help me out? Um, help a brother out. Could you spare some loose change? Um, next time you feel like asking somebody for some loose change, ask them for a $100 bill instead. Doesn't take any extra effort, right? And if they say no, right, but I'll still help you out, I bet they'll give you more than a quarter. Just a thought. Anyway, so, uh, but back to this. Back to this thing, right? I, 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 
I spent a good week or so kicking myself in the ass, right? And I'm getting through it more and more, right? But I've been telling my inner circle students this this thing, right? This this little battle I've been having, right? Because like half my brain is is doing the ass kicking, right? And constantly running the lessons over and over again. So my my teachers aren't around. Some of them aren't around around, right? Um, but I uh, remember the lessons, right? Or I'm doing certain classes now where I'm teaching the same things. So I can hear them again, right? I don't need them here telling me, all I have to do is repeat the lessons. You can do the same thing, right? Um, but then the other half, right, has become resistant, right? As in like, it, like I feel that not in my gut and that lump in my throat that I know everybody feels because you know it's right. But all this other shit that crept in is just like poking. Yeah, but, yeah, but. Can you, right? And so, like, I, I need to do the mantra even more. I need to do the, I, I need to do things, like, more. I mean, like, ten times more, right? Um, and I have. Like, I, you have no idea the number of 3 and 4 a.m. nights I've pulled, right? Still getting up at 7, 30 o'clock in the morning, okay? Um, but it's, it's necessary, right? I just, I needed to kick things back into gear. And one of the things, and I think I mentioned this in the last one, again, you have to forgive me because this stuff just kind of just blends, right? It just, it just, literally, I'm, if I'm not doing a kuden, I'm doing a Tuesday group coaching call, or I'm doing a Friday morning group, group coaching call, or I'm covering stuff in my academy classes, right? And we've got academy classes six days a week, right? So um, maybe I should take better notes, or maybe I should just have a better but not better because I want to. I don't want to, uh, James to think that I'm, I'm. I'm suggesting that he's not a good admin assistant, right? Maybe I just need somebody that can come behind me and freaking track things or whatever. Because I'm too freaking busy to to do that stuff, right? Um, but anyway, right? Um, but one of the things that I had to kick my kick myself in the teeth about was, and this this goes hand in hand with these lessons, right? Was to set goal to be a no limit person. Right to to reach this this zero state right that that's me since he's always talked about right but this no limits person and what that really means is not seeing where your limits are not seeing sorry I just went above the camera not seeing where your where where the boundaries are right that you're you're just so look, looking so far out there that you lose touch right and what part of that is in setting goals for yourself that are so freaking big. That even you think it's ludicrous, right? You have no idea how you're going to make it, how you're going to make it happen. But what you do know, that you do trust in, is your skill set, your attitude, your freaking tenacity to not quit, right? Your commitment, your courage, and you're going to figure it out, right? Now, with some of these goals, I may spend the rest of my life trying to figure out, figure it out and get it right, right? But I'll tell you one thing I'm not doing. I'm not dropping because somebody else says be reasonable or come on, man, you know, that's just, that's just crazy, man. Why would you go that far? Why, who needs that much? Or wouldn't it be great to um, be able to go anywhere you wanted, do anything you wanted, 
say anything you want? How about, uh, how about survive any, any crap, right, that comes along, right? A major downturn in the world, right? We just had this corona thing, right? This big COVID thing, right? That one, that one even caught, even caught me, right? I mean, I had enough momentum to get through it, right? But I needed to do a couple other things that, um, promised myself I would never do. I'd be in a position to not. And, and that part of, part of that was what caused me to wake up and realize, shit, you got caught with your pants down. Okay. That wasn't a punch. It wasn't a, a chokehold from behind. It wasn't anything that a kata on the den show was going to handle. It was the stuff on the makimono, right? The stuff on the makimono, makimono, not makimono. I just sound like somebody from, I don't know, the South U.S., Anyway, sorry. So, um, anyway, uh, that's where all the philosophy stuff is, right? That's where all the lessons are. That's where all the life mastery stuff is, right? And so uh, I've been kicking myself in the teeth, right? But there was a day, and I'm, I'm getting back there, but there was a day when, I mean, not only was I doing this, but my, my students, they didn't just learn it because I talked it, right? I wasn't just parroting some teacher's words, right? They could see, holy shit, wow, it how do you make that happen? Well, first, I have to decide that I'm going to do it. Two, I have to commit to it. And three, I have to know that come hell or high water, that's going to happen. Right? Or I'm going to die trying. Right? And I don't have time for people that are that are like naysayers and stuff. Right? I just, and that includes family, friends, and all that. I love them to death. Accept them for who they are, right? But that doesn't, that doesn't slow things. It did. I, I gotta tell you, it did, right? I fell off the freaking wagon, big time, right? If I'm gonna fall off any wagon, right? Sobriety, sanity, all that kind of stuff, right? It's uh, not the needed to wagon, not the personal empowerment stuff, not the, the, the stuff that, that has been just, it's centuries old, right? And it's worked again and again. Why the hell would I not trust that? But anyway, um, what I want to tell you is, is that based on these things, and if you've ever been in for one of our, um, one of our spring or fall camps or for our, our yearly Daikomiosai in January, um, anything like that, one of the things that we do is this adaptation of the Goma fire, uh, I'm going to use the word ceremony, ritual, whatever. Don't get all winged out, right? Uh, it's literally an active meditation, right? It's a goal setting. I call it goal setting on steroids, right? Uh, where you don't just like set a goal or a New Year's resolution or whatever and then uh, forget it 15 minutes later or, you know, fall off the wagon as soon as the last word fell out of your mouth or whatever. Um, you act out these things that you're going to be doing, including recognizing like the micro steps that are necessary to get from here to there. Um, what, what, uh, distractions and problems could come at you, right, from the world, right? So you think about those, right, and you actively, there's something that you actually do to actively symbolize you getting rid of them, handling them, right, in whatever form or fashion, handling those things, right? Uh, and then uh, same things from the inside, right? Laziness, procrastination, uh, forgetfulness, uh, sloth, 
all kinds of stuff, right? You know, oh, look at the next shiny thing, right? Those kind of things, right? Um, whatever that you, you know routinely gets in your way, right? And we symbolically, you know, handle that kind of stuff, right? So um, one of these years, right, um, uh, we had had one of these camps, and the story I'm going to tell is um, of my uh, my previous co-host, Eric White. Okay, so if you've been around since, I don't know, before episode 68, uh, then you know who Eric is, and not, Eric's not going to be upset because I'm telling the story again because this is one of those success things, right? And it, it, it just, it's it perfectly paints the picture that I'm trying to convey here, right? Uh, because I have gotten back to uh, resetting goals, right, that are just freaking ginormous, right? Um, and let me tell you, the, the side of my brain that's doing the, Come on, just pick a reasonable number, right? Um, it's still rearing its evil head, right? Uh, as a matter of fact, today I was, I was doing one, and um, uh, I'm writing a, a book for uh, C-suite uh, executives who are actually truly concerned about workplace violence, um, so concerned that they're not just looking for a quick fix, band-aid program that everybody's going to forget tomorrow, Right? It'll, you know, they're graduated, graduate of Monday's class at 3 p.m. Uh, for six minutes between two shifts, uh, but they'll forget tomorrow or no later than next week, right? Uh, just bullshit stuff, right? Makes, makes the HR people feel good because they can, like, check off a, oh, we did that training. Uh, that wasn't training. That was that, that was somebody watching a Looney Tunes cartoon for, like, six minutes, right? Um, or watching the USA Network and the commercials in between the scenes, right? So anyway, um, uh, so anyway, we're in Japan, right? So Eric and I, and what was it? I, I think I took uh, eight other people with me that year to Japan, and uh, Eric was one of them. And um, so uh, one part of the trip is we we go to Tugakushi Mountain. Right, you guys know it as Togakure, but the name changed somewhere a bunch of years ago. Uh, but it's the same place, right? Togakushi, right? And uh, if you know the myth of Togakure, it's in a couple of the Stephen Hayes books, at least one of Asumi Sensei's books, I think. Um, but uh, there's this myth of Togakure where there was this, uh, there was this period in history where human beings were just, you know, shitting on each other and, and didn't give a shit. Spiritually, they were in the freaking, you know, in the in latrine and the shitter. Uh, whatever, right? Just whatever. So the the sun goddess Adamarasu, right, who supposedly was the creator of the world based on Japanese mythology, right, um, was disappointed. Okay, it's kind of like uh, God's thing with like dropping 40, 40 days of and forty nights of rain and whatever, right? Everybody has their their little thing universally, right? The Babylonians had it, the Sumerians had it. All that. There, there's this this cleansing kind of thing, right? Or this this um, smack the human beings in the ass, teach them a lesson kind of uh, story, right? And so um, she got pissed, so she decided, you know what? I'm you, you don't you don't appreciate the light, you don't appreciate uh, the wisdom, you don't, you're not using it for good things or whatever. You want to live in darkness? How about if you live in literal darkness, right? So uh, as the story goes, right, she locked herself away uh, in this cave atop Togakure, Togakushi Mountain, okay? It's way, way top, right? Uh, and um, there was this big stone that was rolled across or whatever, right? And um, she wasn't coming out for anything, right? And there was this warrior, right, 
that used trickery, okay? Not chicory, trickery, right? Um, mythologically, based on the legend, right, one of the first uses or the first use of uh, needed to, right, for psychological warfare, that kind of thing, right, um, to get her to come out, right? because the stone was too big for humans to move, whatever, right? So got her to come out, bring the light back out of the world, right? And uh, actually, on, on top of Togapare, there are, there's actually five shrines, but we do the three key shrines, right? So I take students, uh, we either take a bus, or usually what we do because of time constraints, is we get a boatload of stuff done in two weeks, right? Lots of training, lots of historical trips, uh, learning all kinds of stuff, not just like going to class and, and how many times can we do Ichimonji? How many times can we do sit? And I'm not knocking that stuff, but there's more to the art, right? Especially if you're, if you're really looking at the life mastery stuff, right? So I, I should probably, now that I'm remembering it, I should probably bring up the chat thing here to see who else is on. Um, so anyway, so, um, I, we were, let's see, I think, yeah, we were, we were between, uh, if, we, if we count them, uh, low shrine, mid shrine, uh, uh, high, the, the higher shrine, right? Um, we we change into our, our gi, we put ta, uh, jikatabi on and whatnot, and we do this pilgrimage, right? We walk this thing. And um, there were four of us from the group because there was uh, somebody that didn't come along, two people didn't come along, uh, and then the other ones... Um, we're tired of walking. So um, I had a taxi take them up to this one spot so they could have some ice cream while they waited for us. It was okay. The only one I'm not whining about is my nine-year-old daughter who didn't, did, I mean, she she cried because her legs were hurting badly, but um, I actually didn't want her to do that whole thing. The, the, the walk from the, from the gateway to the shrine on the last trek like destroyed her little legs. I mean, that was enough. And I, I knew this would be a bit much, right? This is not a dad, like just, you know, okay, sweetie, you don't have to do that kind of thing. She really, she begged to do it. Right. But I had her go with, and sit with the other ones, drove her nuts. This nine year old was driven nuts by, um, no, two adults and a teenager. Right. Because now, uh, they went from not wanting to have to do this long walking because they've been walking this whole freaking trip and all this physical stuff and what the hell's all this, right? Um, they went from that <laughs> to bitching and moaning because it took us so long to, for us to walk the trails to get to where they were, right? So anyway, uh, like I said, people are going to find something to bitch and moan about, right? Um, I, I just wish they'd bitch and moan about how, like, how often they get in their own way, right? So, but anyway... We were between the second shrine uh, and the third, the top shrine, right? And we're, uh, there's actually a section of, of roadway, right? And we're walking on this, and uh, Eric, he's, he's talking to the other guys. I'm just, uh, you know, leading my way or whatever, and he, he calls to me to see if I come back because he, he has something he wants to tell me. And um, the first thing that he told me was he was engaged, and he would like me to be a part of the uh, – the wedding party. Okay, cool. Okay. Um, that, that was a cool thing, right? And then he said, uh, I can't thank you enough for me being here, right? And uh, you know, I didn't do it. I told you how much it was going to cost. When we were going, you decided to jump on or whatever. He said, I know. But when I signed up, actually, the, the signing up 
was kind of the commitment commitment kind of thing because that's when you kind of opened everything up to to signing up, right? But this actually started at this GOMA active meditation, this goal setting meditation that we did at this prior camp, right? And this is what I wrote on my gomaki, on my goma stick, right? This was the goal to get to Japan. And I had no idea. I had no idea how it was going to happen. I didn't have the money. Not only did I not have the time, but I just started a new job. And how the hell was I going to get two weeks off work from a new employer and that, in nine months, right? How was I going to do that, right? Um, I, I, no clue, right? But I trusted in the process, and I did this thing, right? And what ended, and, and we, we talked, we talked a lot afterwards, right? And so I'm getting more filled in besides just this little walking path kind of thing. But what it really came down to was he had no clue, right? But he did know that if he didn't set the goal and he didn't start working on it, nothing was going to happen, right? I mean, what, what if you set the goal and it doesn't manifest? I move the deadline and I keep freaking working on it. Now, I don't do what other people do where they don't work on it and then they just keep moving the goalpost. Okay, well, I didn't make it by this deadline. Well, I'll set it for that one, right? Because usually when people do that, what they're doing is they're moving the goalpost not to give them more, give themselves more time to work on something, right? They move the goalpost because now they don't have to think about it because it's not urgent. Think about that. How many things have you put off to tomorrow because it's not urgent today? As long as we have money and we can buy some food, we're not starving to death. There's no imperative reason to go get money. As long as whatever we're getting in, as long as whatever job or jobs or whatever we keep getting provides us with enough to pay the rent, to get the food, gas in the car, maybe a little bit of fun money, pay for cable, whatever, right? As long as we have enough, right? Enough is like, remember last episode I talked about comfort, right? Um, and how that's just the comfortable is the poison to success, right? Good enough is the goal for people that are comfortable. As long as I have enough. What does that mean? Right? And I truly believe a lot of the stuff within this art, right? And one of those is nature, okay? And nature disciplines those who are not disciplined to do what they need to do. And if you don't believe me, look around at what just happened with COVID. And governor, and you can blame governors and politicians and all that, people don't understand, and the henny pennies running around or whatever. I believe that too. But that didn't stop shit from happening. No matter how much you think it was people's misunderstanding or bullshit or whatever, it didn't stop the damage from occurring. I have my own beliefs about it too. But it didn't stop it from damaging. Right? So if you have enough to get by day to day and be comfortable, so comfortable that you don't try to do the best you can, because there's a difference between doing what makes you comfortable and doing what makes you happy and doing what makes you immovable. Somebody can't knock you off your freaking track, off your off your your stool, off your 
whatever. I've got, I have a friend that uh, was in the financial uh, world. He now does something else. In 2008, when the whole friggin' uh, housing market dropped, right, he lost his business, right? And he was doing really, really, really well, right? But everything just fell apart, right? He didn't have anything else to fall back on. He had nothing else that he was doing, right? And and it just, he, no, he's, he's recovered, but it was not easy, right? There's this freaking furnace again, sorry. Anyway, so, um, uh, it's, I, I truly do believe that nature disciplines, call it punishment, call it smacks in the ass, whatever, people that will not live to their potential. Because there's a difference between, let's just use an analogy of a job, right? There's a difference between going to going to work and doing the job that the boss gave you and going in and working to your potential. Okay? Here's what I mean by uh, doing the job that the boss gave you, okay? Lots of places have something called quotas, okay? This is how many we're going to can today. This is how many uh, things try to sell this many, right? Whatever, right? Okay, okay? So you did that, fantastic, okay? So you met the boss's expectation. What are yours? Is yours just to do whatever's minimally expected of you and, really? That's, that's the ninja mindset, really. Not from the stuff I've read from other teachers and masters, like even the stuff that is being reprinted today from centuries ago, right? Uh, not from Asimi Sensei, not from master teachers, who, by the way, are all pretty freaking successful, right? Um, uh, even Trey Sensei, right? Trey Sensei, Natsuke um, Stachion, right? Uh, when he retired, he retired because he had a certain age and whatever, right? And he could, right? But um, within a month or two, maybe even sooner, right? Um, he had set up a consultancy. What was he consulting on? Needs to assume? No. He just spent how many decades working for a company, right? He was the VP of Research and Development. Yes, in a powder coating uh, manufacturing business where they made these powders that get um, heat fused onto metal and, and, and stuff like that, right? Not that. Efficiency. Research and development. Productivity. So, he, that's what he did, right? Because he wasn't done, right? What's my potential? So I retire and so I'm supposed to what? Live off of 60% of the highest check I made for my entire life? Oof. The hell was that? Right? So if I was living paycheck to paycheck my entire life, what am I going to do with 60%? Bitch and moan even more, I guess. Anyway, so, uh, but, but Eric shared this, this story with me, right? And it was, it was like this perfect thing, right? That he had proven the lessons to himself. I had no idea. And here's, here's the cool thing, right? That I, I found out later, right? That he set the goal. And he started working on things, right? Now, of course, he didn't go to this brand-new boss just yet or whatever um, because mm, it's too soon. That was, uh, I don't know about that one yet. Let's let's just see what what starts being, you know, produced, right? So he starts, like, squirreling some money away that, that he could do, right? 
Um, he was actually in sales, so um, and uh, even though he had a draw, he was making a commission. So I just I, I need to get more yeses, right? So I need to stop going around to the same people, getting maybes, yeses, whatever, right? What else can I do? Where else, you know, what else, right? Uh, so started getting that stuff, right? Now the cool thing is that when you start doing that stuff, you increase your value to the organization you work for. You don't have to be like me and, and be, you know, uh, self-employed. You, you don't have to be that, right? Um, but if you want more, right, make yourself more valuable, right? You start tossing in ideas. Whether they take them or not doesn't matter, right? You show up early, right? Leave a couple minutes late. You, you know, get, get whatever task done, right, as quickly and as correctly as possible, not just minimally, Right, you make yourself more valuable. Right, then when they start looking for somebody that's like trustworthy and dependable, they start grabbing you. Right, and then at that point you can start going. I think I told people a story not too long ago where uh, this was like decades ago. Right, I, I, when I got out of the military, I was working for this um, this cannery. Right, and like uh, just I remember one time this this um, this pump below this thousand gallon vat, right? I mean, I usually work up in the, what's known as the brine room, right? Where you make the salt water that goes into the cans of vegetables and all that or whatever. But certain t certain parts of the year uh, during tomato season, right? We were making tomato ketchup and chili sauce and um, uh, just the stuff that, you know, big cans that go out to, to the guys that have the food trucks at the fairs and, and to restaurants and all that kind of stuff, right? So normally I was up there. Um, but... Uh, this was not normal season, right? It was toward the end of the season, and they were letting all of us seasonal people go, okay? Um, so, you know, I start prepping to look for another temp job because I'm, see, I, I was only looking for temp jobs, right? I turned down two job offers from the same company uh, because I was setting up my own companies. I was setting up a PI agency, and I saw, um setting up the, well, I was, I was doing the dojo part-time, right? So hours, I needed certain things, right? Uh, whatever. And so um, uh, so I wasn't working in the brine room. They had uh, one, one or two full-time guys still up there. And I came in one day, and the, um, the production supervisor says, I got a mess I need you to clean up, right? So he takes me onto the second floor kind of area, where like all the vats had come down and then that's where the pumps were and all these pipes and tubes. And this was above the canning machines that filled everything, right? And oh, there was just this tomato puree all over the floor. It was this ginormous mess. It's huge. It was probably, what, two, three inches thick, four in some places, right? That was just because a bearing had gone out in the, um, in the motor, right? And this was what was left over when maintenance went in to yank the uh, the pump motor, right, the, the mechanism, right, and this tank was filled, right. The pump itself is the shutoff, okay. Uh, otherwise, it flows straight down to cans and all that. But they they what they did was they ran out cans, they got this thing down as low as possible, right, um, and then they yanked this. They had to let everything cool down, right. Because the stuff in there is like scalding hot, right? They let it cool down, pulled this thing out. They, they popped the, the, the tubing, right? 
and this shit just went everywhere, right? So this is what I came into, right? The whole, like this whole second floor section, right? Was just nothing but a mess. And he goes, that's your task today. I need, I need you to clean that up, right? Um, so once it's all put away and everything, right? Um, I need it all mopped down. And then we need to hit it with lye, like just like when we're cleaning the lines, um, in between product, right? We need to lie everything down, uh, sanitize it, the whole deal, right? So that's your day, right? Uh, that was at uh, 7.15 in the morning, okay? Um, at 11.30, I knocked on the door to his office, and I said, um, what do you want me to do now? I'm done. And he said, bullshit, you're done, right? Uh, look, I said, take a look, right? So I went up. I took a look at everything, and the floor was, it was the white from the lie. It was, everything was done, right? I cleaned up the pipes, hosed everything down. It was, like, ready for the machine to go back in and all that. And he just looked at me, and he goes, that was a whole day's work. <laughs> and I laughed, and I said, uh, no, it was a couple hours' work, but it was not a whole day's work, right? Um, he said, you, you could have milked it out. Don't, don't you want eight hours' worth of pay? And I said, That'd be nice. So if you got something else for me to do, that'd be great. But um, if you don't, I have a business that I need to work on. So, but but eight hours. And I said, no, I'm not stealing from the company. I'm not dragging my ass milking something out because in the security world, that's called theft of time. That's not me, right? So if you're done with me, I'll and give me one or two other small projects, but by by one thirty, two o'clock, right? Maybe, maybe. I mean, shortly after lunch, right? I was on my way home. Did I get a short paycheck that week? Yeah, but I also got a bunch of stuff done setting up my business because I had a commitment to something bigger than dropping liquids and cut green beans and stuff into freaking cans. Not knocking those people because we need those. We, we need people doing that stuff because that's how most of us eat. Most of us don't have a garden, right? So. Um, it's absolutely necessary, but I had, I had this stuff that I had to do, right? But that also led to like another job officer, officer, offer. It led to, you know, me being able to take off mid season to go to seminars because I mean, the rule was if you take off during this mandatory work time, don't come back. Okay. Um, uh, it, it led to a temporary job where one guy was running one of the lines who had worked for them for a long, long time, right? Um, needed major surgery, right? They came to me to run the line. Why? Value. Integrity. I set myself up as something other than what they were normally used to getting. As a matter of fact, when, the, when the, I cleaned up that mess, the production manager said, Based on the way everybody works, that, that should have been a whole day's work. And I said, I'm sorry that that's the way everybody works. That's not how I work. I've got shit to do. Do you realize how anguishing it is to me to watch the clock tick away? Like most people, they're watching the clock. Oh, at 3 o'clock, I'm going to, at 3 o'clock, I'm going to. That's, oh, that is painful to milk out a day. Hanging out so I can collect less than I think I'm worth. 
but I agreed to take that 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 income, right? Because bills need to be paid, right? This serves me. This serves me while I'm here. This serves me. This is a piece of the puzzle of these two things that I'm putting in place. This is a different mindset. Right? You cannot get to the level of success that Hatsumi Sensei has been teaching about, that all these other success mentors are talking about, and living, right? Um, you can't get to the level of success that ninja have by doing the same shit the way everybody else is doing it. It doesn't work. It doesn't work, right? Think about all the things you want to do. Write them down. Write next to them the cost that that will that will that will take in time, effort, money, whatever. You start with money. It's easy, right? Because it's, it's countable, right? How much? How much? How much? Right? To take a vacation of however long duration per year to go visit this thing you've always wanted to go to. Go to Japan with me. Well, whatever it is, right? How much is that going to cost you? Now you have a goal. But you can't get there by doing the same thing the same way everybody else is doing. And if you don't know how to move forward, then you ask somebody who has. Stop talking to people who bought the same bullshit and are going to convince you that you can't, but you know, but, 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 but sensei money isn't everything. I know, but it can't buy you happiness. I know it can buy me a bunch of the stuff, the experiences and stuff that I need to have to increase my level of happiness. Oh, and by the way, Right? Other than monks that have gone off to some monastery and separated themselves in the world, right? What person that's ever used that phrase, money won't make you happy? Right? Who also didn't have money? Was happier without it? Was like, woohoo! Don't have to worry about that money stuff! Woohoo! Right? It's all good! Right? Or time, or resources, or whatever it is, right? Okay, that's just, we got to be careful of the shit we buy into, right? Money won't buy me love. You're absolutely right. It will not buy me love, okay? But it will buy me things like the experiences, the time with my teachers, right? Um, an education, right? To be smarter, more valuable, whatever, so that I'm valuable to somebody higher than anybody's better than nobody at all. My Mikio teacher once told me um, that the one thing worse than being alone is being with somebody who makes you wish you were. Okay? So I find it I find it both challenging and rewarding to be around people who are smarter than me, who are more motivating than or more motivated than me. Um, who, yes, they will help pull me up, usually from behind with a boot, right? And sometimes they, you know, they'll toss out little lessons or whatever. That's a help me up kind of thing, right? But not unless I'm pulling my own weight, at least, in the process, okay? What's that old saying? Yeah, it's very difficult to say. It's impossible to soar with eagles if you're hanging out with turkeys, Okay? But we have to be careful 
right? Because we were shoveled a whole bunch of bullshit by people who themselves were not successful. We're not, they may have been happy at times, right? But were they happy because they accepted their lot? Or were they happy because they created the life they actually wanted to be living? There's a difference. There's a difference. For the ninja to have accepted their lot, they were in a counterculture, right? And they had property and all kinds of stuff, but they had to do it way out away from everybody else. Yeah? They didn't just accept their lot like everybody else. Well, the rules are, and I wasn't born into that family, so I don't have that kind of luck and that kind of... Really? Okay. So, let's get back to that exercise. Okay? I keep doing something called open loops. Okay? My communication. Okay? Um, an open loop is starting a story and then stopping, telling people you come back to it, talk about something else, come back to it, that kind of thing, right? Um, you should try it sometime. Okay? It actually increases your value as a communicator and a storyteller. Anyway, so um, when we look at mindset, for, especially for success, right? You have three tools. I don't care if you, you, I don't care what tools you think of. I got a hammer, I got a screwdriver, and I got a pair of pliers. Whatever, okay? It doesn't matter what the three tools are. You have three tools, right? You think symbolically of these things, right? Okay, you have three tools that you can use to become more successful, okay? And they're based on mindset. More importantly, they're based on where mindset is directed, okay? So if you take a piece of paper and just make kind of a, a, a vertical rectangle, Right, this is really simple, right? Vertical rectangle. And you just divide it into thirds. Okay? And then in the top one, write past, the middle, write present. See, you know where this is going, right? Bottom one, write future. Okay? Now if that's off to the side a little bit, that'd be great. Otherwise, you'll you'll find room for notes around here or whatever. Okay. So a mind directed toward the past, while we can learn from our failures, we can learn from our mistakes, that kind of thing, right? Um, see, the reality is there's only ever now. Right? We can direct our mind to memories, and it feels like we're looking into the past. But you're not. You're just you're remembering these little flashback kind of things, right? Time doesn't work that way, right? Or if we're dreaming about something in the future, right? It's some trip we're taking or grocery list because I'm going to the, the store and what the directions are or going to Aunt Minnie's house or whatever, right? So we can direct it toward what feels like the future. Right, but ultimately everything happens in the now, right? But we're gonna we're gonna borrow this mindset kind of thing, right? So the past, right? Again, can be used for reflecting. It can be used for memories. Uh, it can be used, like I said, for for learning from mistakes. Uh, like I share stories and things like that, right? But please note that when I tell these stories, they don't define me. Well, they define why I do what I do, but they don't define me. I define me. I define me by where I'm going, not from where I've been. Because if I were still, where you know, operating based on where I was, remember that monster I told you about that, you know, landed, hit me wherever a fist landed. Yeah, same thing with words, right? I was uber smart, constantly being called, being called stupid, 
But that's what happens when somebody with a sixth grade education feels uncomfortable around somebody who can, at, at 14, 16, can run mental circles around, right? You shut them down, okay? I mean, successful people don't do that, okay? Um, uh, and, and when you think about success, right, I want you to think about, I think you think, think, think about something here, right? There's, there's three types of people when it comes to, I'm going to borrow like a money paradigm thing here, right? There's three types of people when it comes to money. And there's all kinds of bullshit that's flying around, and most of the bullshit comes from people that don't have any, right? Because they have no clue what the other stuff is. They just surmise. Or they've been told, right? Oh, oh, those people, they know, so they told me, right? Really? Those people were wealthy? Really? They know? They've, they've had that much money? They've had that much? That, really? Hmm. No? No. So tell them to shut the hell up. Okay. Nothing worse than somebody talking about something that they have no idea about, right? Like, I would never go to somebody who um, isn't success-driven and uh, goal-driven and, you know, uh, that kind of stuff, right? Like, I've always trained with the top people in this art, right? Who's who's number one in, in my arena, right? Or at least that I can afford to get to for right now. Who's the, who is that, right? Fantastic. I'm going to go start training with them. Okay. At a certain point, I'm going to say, hey, um, I've been coming to these seminars for a long time and stuff. Um, would you consider taking me on as a personal student um, and, and overseeing my, my progress? Okay. What I heard was, sure, but here's what I expect of you every year. At least this at least this three times, at least, okay? Can you do that? Yes. Okay, I know you can do it. Are you willing to commit to that? Because if you're not, then you'll have to ask me again some other time. Those are the answers I got, okay? Teachers today, way too many of them, they're so hell-bent on finding students so they can be the teacher, right? Um, they don't spend any time disqualifying students or getting students to disqualify themselves. And then they get all disappointed when students don't come back or they like drop the ball and they're, they're just not committed. Well, stop taking fucking students that aren't committed, right? That's insane, maybe you should be committed, right? Stop running around with your ego, trying to be all that, and then fishing for people that just wanna tell you what you wanna hear. Shit, okay? Anyway, um, but in that realm, right, there's the poor, there's the rich, and there's the wealthy. I bet your brain just locked up between rich and wealthy. Well, are they the same? No. Okay. All three of them think about things differently. I don't care if it's money, time, I don't care possessions, I don't care what it is. They all think about something differently, just like in, in, a, in on the job, right? There's somebody who is technician-minded. Right? That person only thinks about the task that needs to be done. There's somebody, there's people who are management minded, and there's people that are entrepreneurial minded. Completely different mindset. Now, as a, as a solo person, I have to switch hats, because right now I'm doing a task. Okay? But this is a part of a management kind of thing that fits into a global vision kind of thing. Okay? So, but when you look at time and money, right, the technician only 
sees time and money as equal. Time equals money. If I want to make more money, I have to work more time. Or I have to work the same amount of time but switch jobs to where they're going to pay me more money for the same amount of time. Time equals money. To management-minded people, time and money are efficiency and effectiveness. When I look at the reports, they reflect how well the systems that are in place are working. Efficiency and effectiveness. Different measurement. Okay? To the entrepreneurial-minded, there's a vision. And they have an ability to postpone gratification. Money, time, whatever. Because they know that when the vision is in place, when the, and when everything's in place, the return on investment, time, effort, energy, money, all that kind of stuff, will be way higher. Way higher. That's the problem with most people that are looking for success. No, they don't have any sense of delayed gratification. I don't care if we're, look, we're talking about making more money or we're talking about developing these skills toward mastery. Well, there's a 47th rerun of XYZ TV show. Well, you can't miss that. Okay. Do you have to fucking throw yourself on the couch and, and shove a bag of potato chips in your face? Um, can you be stretching or practicing your come eye or whatever, since you obviously cannot miss the 47th rerun of XYZ TV show. But can you use something that wealthy people use all the time? It's called leverage. Oh, shit, that's a primary concept in our, in our training, right? But we're with the money thing, right? There's poor, there's rich, there's wealthy, okay? How do these people think, okay? Contrary to popular belief, among the people that have no money, who think that all rich people and wealthy people think about is money. Actually, poor people think about money, money way more than anybody else. Okay? Poor people are constantly talking about money. The fact they don't have it, the fact that they need it, the fact that uh, other people are trying to keep it from them, right? How do I get more of it? That kind of stuff. Okay? Because they're in survival mode. Okay? They're in survival mode. Rich people think about things. That's why everybody wants to imitate rich people. Gold watches, that cool car, that big house, all the shit you pay extra taxes on, all that kind of stuff, right? Okay. Um, but that's what they do, right? So what do wealthy people think about? Don't they think about things too? Don't they think about money? No. They think about ideas. Because ideas, ideas are assets. Okay? You got one of these? Got one of these? Okay. Steve Jobs. This is not an Apple. This is not an iPhone. This is, a, this is an Android. My wife has an, has an Apple, right? But um, when I was growing up, these things didn't exist. Well, they did. Okay. Contrary to popular belief, they did exist. Okay. You just needed, what, half a dozen or more devices? Okay. Steve Jobs came along, and his idea, right, his idea which, by the way, we paid him a butt-ton of money for. He didn't set out to get rich. He set out to create this thing that people, like, would make their lives uber, uber easy and, um, and uh, 
that they, they, they couldn't live without, okay? Yeah, but look how freaking expensive it is. Yeah, how many people work for Apple? How many people work for Samsung? How many people are in development? How many? There's a lot of freaking mouths to be fed, okay? So, yeah, you're paying a lot for this thing, right? But the devices, right, what he did was he wanted to make something that, well, it's a phone. I mean, how, you know, no, no. It has, it is a phone, but it's also a supercomputer. There's more computing power in the palm of your hand, okay? Hundreds or thousands of times more computing power in the palm of your hand than what sent the Apollo and Gemini and all those rocket missions, the shuttle, all that kind of stuff, into space. Right here, okay? So it's a phone. It's a telecommunication device, right? It's a television, right? It's a supercomputer. What else is it? Uh, it's replaced the fax. It's developed uh, certain types of communication, like texting and all that, that we didn't have, right? Um, all kinds of stuff, all wrapped up into one little thing that most people can't put down or misplace without developing, like, the same kind of shakes that any other addict has, right? Okay. It's allowed us to get in touch and stay in touch with people all over the freaking world. Same thing with the, the people who came up with the internet idea, right? Holy shit. Now you can't live without it, right? People would rather have their electricity or their gas turned off in their home than to lose their phone or their internet. Okay. People pay for ideas. Okay. I remember one time I was working with one of my early teachers in this art, and at one seminar we were going over success things like this, right? And um, one of the things that we got, right, was he just made this thing up, made up a little workbook, and it was an idea book. And it only had 52 spots in it, right, 52 lines. They were just blank. The whole thing was blank on the inside. It was an idea book, right? And the whole thing was around the premise of start writing down your ideas, if you write down your ideas and you start working on them, some of them are going to be winners. Some are going to be losers. Some are going to go nowhere, right? But that's what I work on, right? How many programs are available to people to allow them to tailor their training that are not tied to Okay? Just wrapped around this stuff that we're talking about right now, we've got the uh, life purpose discovery process, right? We have Ninja Mind, right? We have the first seven steps on the path of a Buddha. We have, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, Ninja motiv Motivation and Influence, right? That's about communicating in certain ways that get people to buy your ideas, okay? So, ideas, right? That. You can, you don't have to, you don't have to have a warehouse to store stuff in. You don't have to buy a bunch of stuff to try to resell it. Nothing like that, right? Talk about leveraging something that you can produce for free and leverage it something, leverage it in a way, um, that people would pay for. Okay. Any school subjects you're, you're, you're good at? People like to come up with the, well, I don't have any ideas. Okay. Well, this goes back to that past thing, right? One of my teachers said, and this was, this was like one of those gut puncher kind of things, because I had made a statement about who and what I am. And he said, tell me about change. 
oh, I've learned about that. Okay, well, change. Uh, change is the only universal constant, right? Uh, uh, all things are subject to change. Really? Except you? No. No, I, I can change. I, I've changed a lot. Then why are you saying that you are this thing? You can be anything that you want to be. You have that potential, whether you recognize it or act on it, is two completely different things. Right? So there's this past thing. The problem with hanging out in the past is that you hold on to anything anybody taught you, convinced you of. That's where your beliefs were developed and all that kind of stuff, right? And what you're doing is you're you're acting in the now and you're acting, you're pretending like the future is dictated by everything that's happened to me up to this point. Hmm, really? Well, that sucks. Now what? Okay. It's, it's a trap. Okay, it's a trap. We're stuck, okay? So, what about the present, right? Okay, the present is the place for power. This is the place for doing things, right? But what is it that we're doing, right? The trap of living in the present is that we keep doing the same shit all the time. We keep doing the same stuff the same way over and over and over and over again. Okay? You know that if you keep doing what you've always done, you'll keep getting what you've always gotten. So today is a carbon copy of yesterday, is a carbon copy of the day before, right? Um, in Mikio, on the on the, the Wheel of Life, right, uh, the six personality, or the six uh, realms of existence, right, this is the animal realm. Right? The animal realm, right? I get up in the morning, I eat, I wander around, I shit, I wander around, I eat some more, I wander around, I shit some more, I wander around, I get tired, I go back to sleep, I wake back up, I do it all over again. That sucks. Okay. The problem with living in the present is that we're is that we're actually operating from like fear, um, fear of failure, all kinds of stuff, right? Um, scarcity, right? All those kind of things, right? There's not enough to go around, right? You know, share, right? You know, better eat all your food. You ever hear this? Better eat all your food. There's starving kids in Africa that would kill for that food. Okay, I appreciate that, okay? But if I don't finish my food, we can't ship it to them because it'll be rotten by the time it gets there, okay? Stop putting so much on my plate that I can't finish. Okay? Stop serving on big plates like this that we feel the need to overfill them and start with a smaller amount, and then if you want more, get a smaller amount, that kind of thing, right? So perhaps the contradictions kind of got in the way. But either way, right? Living in the present. The present is the place to be acting on your vision. What's your vision? I don't know. Most people just want to train and need to. You know the reason why a lot of people are stuck now and need to get back to training? It's because they've already accomplished their goal. First day you got it in the classroom. First day you met with your teacher. First day you did one of the come on. First day you did a roll. First day you did something you called doing ninjutsu. Congratulations. Now what? 
What do you want to be able to accomplish with the skills you are learning? What problems do you want to be able to handle? It scare the shit out of you right now, but if I don't learn these, I won't be able to handle them. What do I want to be able to do? What kind of benefits and, and successes and who will I be able to help and all that, right, by learning this, right? And if I don't learn it, I can't help them. What kind of problems? What kind of issues scare me? And I have to learn, I have to get this. Or if that hits me face to face, I'm never going to be able to do that. I want to be able to do that. See, that changes everything. That changes why you do it. And like I said, that meme, I'll tell you why, until your goals are big enough, you'll never stop believing your own bullshit. People, the lessons were all fucked up, right? Nothing changed from the time we got it when we were three or six or whatever to the grown-up version. I'll give you an example of that. Um, when I do an intro class, uh, with uh, with local students or with it, you know, like with youth, right? Um, we uh, I'll do something fun. We've got these big foam blocker kind of things, right? And I'll I'll just be talking and I'll kind of let my gaze drift like away, right? And I'll throw my hands open, you know, and it'll bump one of them on the head. Oh, oh I'm sorry, right? And then I'll start talking again and woo, and I'll bonk them on the head, right? Oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, and then what I what I come at them with is, you know, have you ever been out hanging out with your friends, and one of them is like just doing some goofy crap, right? They're just doing whatever, right? And just they're not paying attention. And next thing you know, you got hit, or somebody in the group got hit, right? Um, oh yeah, yeah, that that's happened, right? Uh, you know, maybe it was you, right? You go running into mom, he's trying to kill me, right? And mom goes, no, no, calm down, calm down. It was an accident, right? Accidents happen. Right? His mom told you that? Yeah, yeah, mom told me that. Okay. Well, that was the little kid lesson. Okay? You're a big kid now. It's time for time for the big kid lesson. Okay? See, we tell we tell little kids these things because they they, they don't know enough to understand the big lesson, right? But you are now, right? And here's the big lesson. Accidents don't happen. They don't just happen. Accidents are caused. They're caused by one of two people. They're caused by somebody who's either doing dumb stuff and they're not paying attention and they hurt or break or whatever somebody or something. Or they're caused by us and we're around something dangerous and we're not paying attention and we walk right into it. That's not shit happens. That's a recognition of cause and effect. Now, I don't say this shit happens to the kid, right? But that's a recognition of a universal principle within this system, okay? Now, if that's as simple, if, if something as simple as accidents happen, if we're still operating on a three- or a six-year-old's understanding of something that just erases cause and effect person and, and bleeds into personal responsibility and all that and reduces it where we're still operating on a barely older than toddler's perspective. What else do we need to overcome? Okay. Perry, I promise I'll get to your, your comment here in just a minute. Okay. So it's, it's, we need to understand this, right? So past, right? Past we're stuck in, in, you know, 
whatever our perception was about negative experiences, we're stuck in past programming, crap lessons from somebody, no matter how well-meaning they were. No matter how well-meaning they were, right? My parents used to say, oh, you're going to stay out of the military, you know, set up this security consultancy, right? Oh, I wouldn't do that, right? You need a, you need a job. You need, you need stability, right? I, I wouldn't do that, right? And, and we went to do something else. Oh, I, oh, I wouldn't do that. Oh, that well, shit. Mom, Dad, I watched your life. This is after my dad and my son reconciled. Of course, reconciling meant I became a cop and uh, whatever degree black belt in this stuff, and he couldn't throw punches or do whatever to anybody without me and him having a conversation he would want to have. So now we can talk like adults, okay? Um, but, you know, I said, well, shit, you wouldn't do anything, right? All the vacations that were planned, but you shot yourself in the foot before you even decided you were going to do it. Oh, we should take the kids to Disney. Heard that for freaking, God, 13, 14 years. Holy crap. You know, when I went to Disney, I took my own daughters. Okay? Awesome. You don't see me sitting around going, my mommy and daddy never took me to Disney. I'd be a different person if they took me to Disney. Oh, they're good at Disney? Figure it out. Especially in this martial art. Holy shit. How many lineages do we have? And I know I mentioned this in the, I know I mentioned this in the last episode, right? How many lineages do we have where a primary, uh, principle is to find the way or to find the most natural way? Okay. Within the Yoko Ryu and the Koto Ryu, the very first kata on the very first scroll, Joryaku no Maki, Shonen no Maki, Yoko Koto, okay? Koku and, uh, Yokto. Find the way. Play in space, all kinds of definitions for this, but it's the same thing. Okay? There's going to be shit flying all around you. Figure it out. Find the way. Let him lead. If you have to, use patience, hold back, watch things happen, instead of just like jumping in or running for safety or coming up with some kind of lame excuse as to why it's, it, uh, I can't. You're right. Okay? That was another lesson from teachers. Whether you believe you can or you believe you can't, you're right. Congratulations. You happy now? Anyway, so what about future? Okay, future is the only um, the only thing that that causes you to focus on change. What do you want to be? Who do you want to be? What kind of power do you want to have? Right? How much more confidence do you want? What kind of skills do you want to have? That's your, that, that's, you're focusing now on goals. You're focusing on things that you can aim for and use today to work on. And then you can also validate past lessons to see which ones really are bullshit or which ones, oh shit, I should have listened to that one. But I was just one of those smart, too smart, snot-nosed teenagers that freaking know everything. So I dismissed that, and here I am, 15, 18, 27 years later, going, oh, shit. Look how much farther I'd be ahead if I listened to that, right? So future mindset, right? And that's where, where goal establishment is, right? Setting those kind of things so that you can move, right? Um, and having that confidence in yourself. And confidence really comes from commitment Courage and capabilities, right? If you drew out a triangle on the paper, right? And wrote confidence in the middle, okay? Confidence is increased a little bit at a time, 
or in great leaps, the more you develop and engage in, right, commitment of, of, on one side, right? I don't care if you start with commitment or start with courage because they can be interchanged, right? But commitment, right? You don't just establish goals. That's like New Year's, New Year's resolutions, right? I'm going to lose 50 pounds. Oh, shit, there's cake on the table. Let me have some of that, right? Um, and mostly when people establish goals, right, they're not that specific. I'm going to lose weight. Really? Take your clothes off. Fantastic. You lost weight. Go to the bathroom. Congratulations. You lost weight. Okay? Vagueness does not produce the kind of results, but that's what we hear all the time, and if we parrot it back, we're going to get the same shit everybody else is getting. And again, I'm going to warn you, be careful of the circles you travel in. Okay? They're attracted to you because they're comfortable around you, right? And you're probably going to do the same thing that they're doing because either you don't want to rock the boat, you don't want to mess up the status quo, you don't want to lose friends, right? You don't want people to not like you, whatever it is, right? So how important is it really that you get these things that you say you want and that will make life easier and all that? You know, remember that thing, you can't buy happiness, somebody doesn't buy this. No, but it, you know, when bad things happen, you have resources to get through them faster. You aren't nearly as screwed up, right, as as if you have not enough. And this goes for people that are wealthy too, right? That A lot of them, you think they're just, they're, they're better off. A lot of them are freaking living paycheck to paycheck too. A lawsuit comes along or COVID comes along or whatever, next thing you know, they're ass up. Right? So it just, you know. It is what it is, right? But the, think about this, this, right? So commitment, courage, capabilities, all of those, right? Commit to a goal, right? Be courageous enough to not just go for it, because going for it, most people have no freaking idea what kind of shit's going to come back at them. You start acting outside of the status quo of your family and friends, Tell me that the name calling and stuff like that one. Oh, look who's Mr. Fancy Pants. I guess we're not good enough for you anymore. Right? And as soon as you back off, they'll be happy because you're not reminding them that they're not working on their stuff or that they gave up. Right? This isn't about being like, you know, this arrogant ass or whatever. Right? But if you're a warrior, the beast has to come out sometimes and either kick you in the ass or kick somebody else in the ass. Right? As we used to say when I was in the military, lead, follow, or get the hell out of the way. Shit has to be done. If you're a ninja or a warrior or whatever, think about these goals as a mission. If you don't complete the mission, you don't just lose the war, you don't just miss your mark, you die. And I don't care if you're dying physically or you're killing your dreams or you just end up being this, this resentful, just, just old man or woman just sitting around, just fuck. Who the hell wants that? Nobody. But that's where you end up if you just keep doing the same same shit everybody else is, right? People want to be ninja. Really? Really? They're either just fantasizing about the movie shit, right? Or 
They want it, but they want the drive-up window version. Can I just, like, give you some money or, or send you the right kind of email schmoozing with you and whatnot so you'll give me the lessons? Well, sure, fine. I'll give you the lessons. That's my job. It's any teacher's job. Our job starts and stops with teaching the lessons correctly. That's it. I can't learn it for you. I learned it for me. Okay. I don't know if, uh, how many of you know who um, uh, Earl Nightingale was, right? Uh, way back in the 50s. This guy was just a, he, he owned a business and whatnot and ended up being like a major freaking guru. As a matter of fact, the whole, I think the whole self-help industry started with this recording. Uh, he had to go on some business thing and left this recording for the people in his sales department um, to listen to while he was gone. When he came back, the whole freaking department was different. Like everybody wanted copies of this stuff for friends and family. Next thing you know, he went to Columbia Records and, and, and uh, what do you call it? Uh, uh, negotiated a deal to have these things produced and all that and just millions of copies, right? He didn't set out to do this thing. He was a poor kid. Ate dirt poor kid, right? And couldn't get the answers to how do the haves have and the have-nots have other than the have-nots going, uh, just crooks. That's how they have it. Meanwhile, the have-nots are lying to the bill collectors and scrolling money away or uh, cheating people on a fair deal so that they have a little bit more because they don't have any. So whatever, right? Just seriously, right? That's what makes you feel better and helps you sleep at night? No shit. Anyway, so um, uh, in this one uh, uh, talk he had given, uh, there's one, one thing that he said that really just – stuck, okay? And again, I, I know I'm not talking about a ninja master, right? But highest levels in Ninja 2, just like the 10th level of progress in our Mikyo, opens up and it's not the conventional, has this Mikyo tagline on it, or it's not branded, right? This is the Ragu school, or this is the this is the, the Hunt's Tomato Sauce school, whatever, right? <laughs> Sorry. This is the Heinz 57 school, Anyway, so I make myself laugh. You don't have to laugh. It's okay. Um, uh, up at this level, right, everything becomes a lesson for success, right? The martial arts stuff, right? I see somebody do this technique in, in a different system, and I go, now that. Okay. Now, I'm... I'm not going to contort my body that way, or I don't see how that is going to work, like between two parked cars or uh, whatever. But based on, I mean, the principles and concepts are sound. Just not going to move around like a drunken monkey, or I'm not going to, whatever, right? So, but I can pull that over and go, shit, Kyoko would do it this way, Koto would do it this way, Tagagi Ocean would do it this way, right? As a matter of fact, in the highest levels of your training, you should be able to take any kata, and run it through the principles and concepts of any of the other eight schools. That's another way to run the Kyonopo process to come up with more variations. But you can only do that if you've studied enough to understand the difference between the eight schools instead of just, oh, that kata belongs to that school. Oh, that kata belongs. And then parroting it back on, on forums so you can sound like you know what the hell you're talking about. Okay? You only impress the people that know less than you, so whatever. Or the other people that are looking to be impressed by a shiny guru. Anyway, 
so what he said was, a strong man cannot make a meek, uh, cannot make a weak man strong. A weak man can work the process and become strong, and a strong man can work the process with modifications because he can't make himself stronger by doing the same thing he's been doing because at a certain point he hit a plateau. There's a, there's a, there's a plateau or a cap on doing the same things the same way all the time, right? So he has to kind of tweak things a little bit when a strong man can become stronger by doing what's necessary to go from that point to the next point, right? But a strong man cannot just lay hands on a weak man and make them strong. What the hell does that have to do with anything I was just talking about? I is the teacher. My job is to teach. The student's job is to learn the lessons and practice them. I can't do that work for you. Just like I can't make you, I can't motivate you. Really? You know how many emails I get? Sensei, I really need somebody to motivate me. Well, good luck with that. You know what will motivate you? Two thugs jumping out from behind a freaking 2018 Chevy in a parking lot, one with a pipe wrench and, and one with a freaking uh, 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 broken glass bottle or whatever. That'll motivate, motivate you. Right? Maybe not in the direction you want to be motivated. Maybe not in the way you want to be motivated. But that's motivating. So we have to be careful with this, right? And I'm only telling you this because my teachers made me face my own bullshit. And I'm still, on a regular basis, facing my own bullshit. And one of the things is just when your goals are big enough, like so big that you think it's ludicrous, and you have the commitment to make it happen no matter what, no matter how long it takes, and you have the courage to do what needs to be done, regardless of who likes it and who doesn't, because it has to be done. And you develop the capabilities, the ones you have now to a greater degree if necessary, or develop ones that you don't have that you didn't know you needed. Well, you have those, right? And then that just develops a sense of confidence that just... The battered and abused kid, at 12 or 14 or whatever, wouldn't have been doing this. Oof. Because the baggage that came along with that was, don't call attention to yourself. I'm actually violating the ninjutsu stuff, right? Because I'm not invisible. Okay? I'm following a takamatsu lesson. Somebody has to do it. And I'm willing for that someone to be me. And someone also has to say the shit that irritates the crap out of people to slap them awake from their dull sleepwalk living and their need for people to talk to them like, well, let's just laugh and have a good time and, and we'll joke about it. And then, you know, kind of, well, you decide whether you're going to do it or not. Or, you know, whatever, you know, whatever you want to do, whatever's natural for you. Okay. Natural in that context doesn't mean natural like potential. Okay. It means habitual. Somebody has to do it. 
and we learn faster and move towards success faster when somebody's kicking us in the ass or there's negative consequences for either not doing it or screwing it up. Because like I said in the last episode, as long as you're comfortable, you have no freaking reason to do anything different. If you're not going to starve to death, you're not going to be homeless, whatever, you have no reason to go to work. And in the societies that we live in now, all it takes is for you to freaking fill out a, a form with the right little boo-hoo story. They'll give you plenty of my money and everybody else's money, right? Okay? As long as you don't have to go around to your neighbor's houses and knock on the door and say, mm, whatever story you want to tell and how you can, can, can I? As long as somebody else is going to do that, just take it out of their hands and then get, okay? Now, do I think those systems should be in place? Sure. There's a part of me that think they should be there in a very limited way. But they're not there as a springboard. They were started that way, but once people get jobs where if you work the system the way it's supposed to so that people don't need the system, then your job is at risk. Uh, see, now you have a self-perpetuating piece of you have a problem because now those people with those jobs can't let the system go away can't let the system be successful because they might lose their job now you have a self-serving self-perpetuating problem where the helpers are part of the problem anyway all right, so um, just be careful, right? It's Again, here's another one of those cautionary warnings, right? Um, as long as we believe our own bullshit, we're not going anywhere. And you will find plenty of people to tell you that you're right. All you have to do is find other people that have the same bullshit stories and then hang out with them, okay? Be cool if you could give names to your newly formed mutual admiration society. Anyway, let me look at comments here. See if anybody, uh, see if any, any more trolls that jumped on, like that one time where I had to kick his ass off. Um, let's see. Um, let me scroll back here a little bit. I don't know where these things came in or where they started. Let's go all the way back up here. All right, I think I have it in the right order. Okay, so here it says, I had asked this before on your distance learning program. Can you do a lot without a partner, then come to your seminar and really try to get to some level of confidence? Good question, Perry. That's an awesome question because next Wednesday, uh, almost have the, the, the enrollment uh, uh, pages done and all that. Next Wednesday, I am doing uh, another of the uh, Need to uh, Mastery Kickstarter uh, challenges. Right? I did one... Uh, Right about the COVID, I think, or right when COVID first started, I think. Um, Richard, my guy Richard, and, and a couple other guys signed up as uh, got involved full-time, full-time students out of that thing. Um, it's really funny, uh, and you'll see it, right? If you, if you decide to jump on that, there's a Facebook page and you know, whatever, right? There's all these extra resources. Um, but uh, I think that I think the total tally at the end of the thing was like 51 to 49 percent, right? Were like 51 percent of the people were like flaming me, like. Who's the old bald guy, right? Who's the old fat bald guy, right? Um, is he seriously convincing people that he can get them to mastery in ninjutsu in five days? Really? Really? That's what the damn thing said? Really? Okay? And all they had to do was click on it and read. First paragraph, right? 
This is for people who have always wanted to do it, had a hard time getting started, or people who did it, fell off the wagon, and need and are stuck and need to get restarted, right? So anyway, right, 49% of the people were like, woohoo, this, this is a freaking, this is great, right? 51% of the people were letting their friends know, and, and so they could all, you know, mutually laugh at it, right? I spent zero dollars on Facebook ads to promote that uh, challenge. I was already prepared to spend money to get the word out, right? Spent zero dollars, okay? Because all the haters, and this is a sign that you're doing well and you're, you're being successful, okay? You don't really end up being more successful or successful to great leaps and bounds until you have people like talking about you, slamming you, okay? That's your sign that you're actually doing something right. And this is not me twisting something, okay? The Kardashians were just these celebrities that had a TV show until people started hating on them. And then they got all this extra press. And everybody else had to, like, tune in to see what was really going on. Their fan base went... All because of the haters, right? The haters on Facebook caused the Facebook algorithm to think that everybody was uber interested. Because the Facebook algorithm doesn't track likes, dislikes, flaming comments, great comments, or whatever. They just, it just sees engagement, right? It's a dumb computer program. It's just engagement. So the haters, because the people that loved it, they had a comment or two here or there, right? But the haters, oh, they were freaking talking back and forth, they all this kind of stuff, right? I'm just chuckling. Because they convinced the Facebook algorithm to show the challenge to a bunch of other people that I would have never reached to begin with. Some of the people they thought they were flaming me to went, oh, this is a cool thing, dude. Did you read it? Anyway, it's kind of like the, the people that, like, when I when I uh, post one of the pictures or whatever, and I'm in, like, my Jimba Odi, and I've got, you know, Naginata or whatever, right? Um, somebody just recently... <laughs> posted on one of the one of the Ninjutsu Facebook pages. These people uh, know how silly they look when they when they dress like this. Uh, no, but I know if I dress like everybody. This is marketing 101. If I dress like everybody else and look like everybody else, and you keep fucking scrolling, because nothing catches your eye. But if it catches your eye, you'll stop and read it. Now the other somebody else in that other post mentioned something in this direction, but it's about getting attention, right? On one of our Mikio Mandala, right in the center, I don't think I have one here, I don't. Right in the center, right, there's this, this central section, right, the little five circles and all that, right? But out on the, on the border, right, at the top center, bottom center, um, left and right, right, there are these symbols, right? They're, they're actually um, old, elephant, old Indian elephant herding tools. Cool, right? Except that those four things together is marketing 101. Okay? But everybody wants to memorize the, the guru stuff, right? Okay? So there's a hook, right? There's this little hook, the metal hook, right? They all have little Vajra things sticking off of them because it represents truth and, and understanding, right? So there's this hook, right? And it was based on this idea that, like, because elephants were the beast of burden, right? So if an elephant got away from camp, everybody had to freaking go get this thing and bring it back. How do you bring a gazillion ton beast back, right? Well, first of all, you train them from childhood. So when they're a little pup and you tie them with a rope to a stake and they can't get away from that, 
Okay, here's that, remember that programming I talked about before? Okay, find your rope and stake. Okay, they try to get away from it, they can't get away. As a little pup, they can't get away. Well, then they come to understand that as soon as they go to move and they feel it, oh, well, there's no point in trying to get away because it's, can't get away, right? Except grown, mature elephants, beast of burden, elephants, are held in place. No to a circus, right? By either a rope or a very light chain and a stake in the ground. What? They could just easily, and we've seen stories on Facebook and whatnot, elephant, you know, stampedes through the, through the, you know, town of Pasadena, whatever, right? Trampling on cars and shit, right? And they have to put the elephant down or whatever, but how'd that happen? Well, this elephant woke up and went, oh, look at that. I can, I'm not held down, right? But most of them, 99.9%, right? As soon as they feel that little tug, the programming from Pup, when it truly did work, is still with them. Remember the lesson about the accident? Okay? The three-year-old lesson is still steering the 63-year-old guy or 42-year-old guy or 28-year-old guy, whatever, right? So, but anyway, right, you go out to get, bring this elephant back, right? Um, how do you get their attention, right? So what they would do, they, would, they had this hook, and they would kind of, like, snag up behind the ear, right, to get their attention, Right to bring them around, right to kind of bring them around, and then they throw. Then the next symbol, right, is a rope. Okay, and so the rope gets thrown over the elephant, right, and you lead them back to camp, and then the next symbol is a chain, right, and so you rechain them back down, and then the last symbol is a bell, because after you get the elephant back to camp and the work's done, you freaking have a party, right? You can relax and enjoy the music or whatever. Okay. So, but this is the marketing 101, right? You have to get people's attention. If it's something that interests them, then you can kind of draw them in a little bit, right? By explaining what it is that you're doing, right? If they like that, in my case, right? And they sign up for a program, right? They don't think of the chain like a ball and chain kind of thing, right? But we're connected now, okay? I'm not drawing you into my story. We're connected. Okay, so we're linked. Now think of the chain as a link kind of thing, okay? And then together, right, now we're both developing the same kind of skills, right, so that when bad shit happens, we can get through it quicker and we can party, right? Anyway, so, uh, but you asked that. Um, uh, when I start to release this, right, and, and I start to open it up, um, I'm not sure if I'm going to do a webinar or not. I, I may. I may, I may do like a, a webinar to kind of introduce this to people. Um, but uh, what, what, I, what I'm going to be addressing is this old model, right, this old model that says there has to be a school in my town, and I have to, you know, if, if there isn't, then there's no way for me to train unless I travel to somebody else's seminar or I seminar jump, but then how do I keep track of things? Because there's, see, if I go to a school, right, there's a set teacher who will motivate me, who will give me feedback right there in class. They've already done all the work and put together a curriculum and a lesson plan and all that kind of stuff, and you're right, okay? Except that the student, the teacher still can't make you come to class. They still can't make you learn. And most students that go to a regular everyday, uh, go to a school in their town, don't practice outside of class because they confuse class time, which should be for learning, dojo time, for learning, right? And 
home time for practice. They confuse dojo time for practice time. So they're not really excelling. What I experienced, because remember when I first got started, right, we're talking 1980, 81, there were three dojo, three training groups. Stephen Hayes, I think, uh, I think he's the only one at a dojo, dojo proper. Um, started out in the basement, one of the basement community rooms in a plaza in Dayton, Ohio. And then he bought this old tobacco barn that turned into the Kasumian kind of thing, right? And then Jack Hoban at that time, because he had just gotten out of the Marine Corps, was out in uh, California, Stockton, I think. And uh, Bud Malmstrom, see, uh, Hoban and Malmstrom were both Stephen Hayes students, right? He was in Atlanta, Georgia, running Stephen Hayes' original school slash training group. Okay, so three three teachers, right? And um, <laughs> I was stationed with the U.S. Army in South Korea, and then in uh, South Korea, and then I went to Fort Bragg, North Carolina, which was a, uh, a first response uh, fort, which means we were first in, last out for any bullshit that went on in the world, um, regardless of whether it was uh, Cubans or refugees or Honduras or Grenada or it was a long list, right? Uh, and then I ended up for three years in, uh, in what was then West Germany. So I have always, always been a long distance student, right? But what I, what I put together for my students is what I call this hybrid thing. Cause some people try to do the, I guess it's still distance learning, right? But this is like the dojo purist, right? Go, well, you can't learn from DVDs and that online stuff, right? Because you need a teacher, right? And the DVD people are like, well, I can't afford to travel and there's nobody around, so something's better than nothing. Okay? Well, they're both kind of right, right? Okay? But one gets no feedback, right? One takes shit for granted, right? When I first got started, very a very small percentage of the people that were training in the Hayes Dojo lived in and around the Dayton, Germantown, Ohio area where the dojo was. Very few, right? Most of us traveled. Didn't have a choice, okay? Including Hayes and Hoban that would come in for these things, right? So what I present is this hybrid model, which is exactly what you're talking about, Perry, right? So we have, uh, and Shane, Shane's one of my um, one of my guys. Um, so we have like these pre-recorded digital videos and all that. There's weekly coaching calls, right? There's one or two depending on the level that you get involved in, right? Also, depending on the level you get involved in, determines how many of the extra programs that you get. Like the standard program, I think you get, what do you get? You get three. You get uh, Ninja Hachimon, so you can be clear about what it is you're supposed to be learning, right? Ninja Mind, right? Which gets the head and the perspective right. And then it's uh, a shorter program called the Life Purpose Discovery Process, um, which Get you clear, right, on on why you do what you do and who's the one doing it and, and, and those kind of things, right? What you want your life to be about, right? Warrior things, right? Uh, the other one, the, the other program, which is the all-inclusive, you get access to anything that's there or anything I create along the way, right? So, um, but either way, right, in that program then, um, we have three core training opportunities per year where you can come in and do things. We have a spring camp, we have a fall camp, and we have the uh, yearly Dicomio side uh, in January, right? So we have a New Year's kickoff kind of thing, we have a spring, we have a fall. So kind of instead of one for every season, it kind of 
you know, you got three. I do other seminars and I do other things, but, uh, you know, again, depending on the level people get involved in, and I'll explain all that stuff, um, uh, once people, you know, when they're going through the challenge, but I will be starting the challenge, uh, what is that, the 20th, I think? Let me look at my calendar. Um, yeah, Wednesday the 20th, um, we'll be doing this challenge to, and the challenge is really, it's divided up into five days. I think there might be a bonus six class or something that I might do. Um, but it takes people through mindset, setting up a dojo, uh, core, uh, core starter lessons, all that kind of stuff, right? To, to just to get going, right? It's a kick starter, right? Yes, pun intended, right? Um, but absolutely, it, it's a lead into this to this hybrid thing. So absolutely, um, let's see. Without a partner, yeah. And during that, right, I also I will go into a uh, four or more pillar uh, kind of uh, process, or or uh, it's it's an expedient, right? It's a, it's kind of a way to look at your training uh, to where I can show you that even if we use four pillars, right, only one of those areas of training requires a training partner. There's three other areas that will keep you busy. And the people that are in that training group, right? At a certain point, I always, I always suggest, right? If you want to really excel, you need to start a training group. But since I only have a white belt. Yeah, but you know more than everybody else. I started my first training group when I was a white belt. Resisting my teacher's suggestion as well. So at a certain point, you need bodies. But this bullshit idea that if you don't have anybody, you can't train. When I broke my back, not this past December, but the one before that, I was laid up in a in an acute rehab place. Honey, I need these books and I need that on my laptop. Please bring those in. I can't move without freaking causing major pain, but I can study and I can plan things out and I can meditate and so both, right? And I think that one of the best reasons that I can give for me to be the, the guide for people uh, that want to do this is I've always been a long distance student and I've always done it exactly the way you're talking about, Perry. So my program was put together to help people do things the same way. And let's, let's be honest, just because you have a teacher local, I'm not knocking any teachers. This is just the reality. Just because you have a teacher local to you doesn't mean they know what the hell they're doing. Okay? That's why I wrote that one book called The Karate Myth. The Karate Myth is the myth that just because somebody has a black belt, they're qualified to teach you how to protect yourself against somebody that wants to beat, break, or kill you. I know that people take it as an implication, but it doesn't mean that. It means they have a certain set of skills. Nor does a black belt mean that somebody is, by default, a good teacher. Anyway, so uh, Shane, can you answer this question? Although you're doing solo, one should look for a partner. Yes, let's see. Uh, Dashian Miller can answer better. Hopefully I did that. Okay, thanks. Hello. Da, 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 da. Hey, Jimmy. Hopefully you you're still on. Uh, Shane, you are a distance learning student, though. Yes. Uh, you know the answer. Let's see. I do know that he told me to draw a square and put a column in each corner and have an uke or partner is only one of those columns, he will tell you. Okay, so yeah, I did that. And if you jump on um, and, and kind of follow through uh, the the um, 
the challenge, right? The challenge will actually have like two tiers to it, right? Just like the last time I did it. There'll be a free one, right? We'll have a Facebook, Facebook group set up and all that. People can just kind of go through the lessons. There'll be a homework assignment every day, right? This isn't just you listening to me talk. There will be a homework assignment. Um, and also some, uh, some really cool prizes. A lot of those programs I was talking about, um, I give those away to people that like you to qualify for it. You have to turn your homework in on time, right? And I can't promise you're going to win a prize or I can't promise that you're going to end up being some guru master or whatever. But what I can promise is that for those five or six days that you're with me, you will make progress. Okay? You will get things set up and you will get started. Whether you can maintain that or not, um, that's entirely you know on you. All right. Uh, Shane and Perry going back and forth. All right. Um, doo -doo 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 -doo. I don't have it okay either. It's okay. Just keep going. Yeah, and um, actually one of the benefits that came out of the COVID thing that I've been running for a while, and I'm about to split this out and make it a separate kind of program. Um, now, it's still be included for my platinum guys and all that, but um, we set up the, the, the system at the dojo uh, Tuesdays and Fridays at a certain time, uh, which may or may not fit your schedule. I'm sorry, I live in a certain part of the world, and I'm not going to be, uh, you know, jumping through hoops and loops to make sure that I cover everybody on the planet. But anyway, we have a late, like a Tuesday late uh, session, and we have a Friday morning session, and um, people can pick the one that best suits them. And um, I take that back, the one with the system, we have the coaching calls, a Tuesday late and a Friday morning. The dojo things are Tuesdays and Fridays at the exact same time, but it's run through Zoom, and if you show up for those things, um, you learn whatever people are learning in class, and then, like, Shane. Shane will be on, and he'll be doing some things, and I can give him some little pointers, right? But he has to use, like, visualization to kind of pretend there's somebody in front of him, punch is coming, he does certain things, or he has a target set up, or whatever, right? And then I can give feedback, right? So it's a way to kind of give those things. Um, but at the same time, uh, like, we have fall camp coming up. Fall camp is November 5th, 6th, and 7th. Right. Uh, we have a live option for it and we have a virtual option for it. If you go to online ninja, uh, online ninja academy .com forward slash events, just scroll down, find uh, fall ninja camp. Right. Uh, uh, like Shane, Shane's in California. I'm in Pennsylvania. Right. Shane's actually signed up to do that virtually. I have somebody else signed up to do it virtually, um, even though I have right now half a dozen or more people that are committed to being there. It's going to be a small one. People are still like all freaky and not wanting to, uh, to uh, you know, get out and do things. Uh, I may have somebody else doing like one day, uh, whatever, right? But people come in and do these things, right? And th this will be set up, right? And I'll be able to give little things, but they'll be able to go through. So you can sign up for a session. You can sign up for a single day. You can sign up for the whole weekend. Uh, whatever you sign up for, you get the video recordings for that as well. Okay, so uh, anyway, if, if anyone's interested in, in signing up for virtual or live for fall camp, uh, go to onlineninjaacademy.com forward slash events. You can do that, right? If you have any questions, just shoot me an email, right? WarriorC at warrior-concepts-online.com, uh, and I'll, I'll answer questions for you. Okay, uh, let me just keep trolling here. Uh, da -da -da -da. Uh, okay. All right. So, um, I, we've, man, this has been like two hours. I got, I got to wrap this up, right? I have to remind my wife that I like her, um, a little bit before she goes to sleep. So, uh, let me do this. I'm going to wrap this up. Uh, I just gave you the email address, warrior C. Please be able to spell the word warrior, W-A-R-R-I-O-R, -R -R, the letter C at warrior dash, that's a hyphen, minus sign, whatever you want to call it, right? Warrior dash concepts dash online dot com, right? Um, 
and uh, uh, you know, you shoot me an email, right? Any questions that pop up or whatever, I'll give you a, even if it's if, if it's something that requires like a long kind of answer, I'll give you at least something to start with, and then I will um, keep a list of these things and I'll answer it uh, during the next day. Okay, so um, yeah, that's it. If you would like to schedule a call. Right. I start anybody gets involved in my long distance platinum program. We start everything off on a call so I can uh, kind of figure out where you are, where you want to be, what the gap is, see if we're even a good fit. Uh, if you're interested, I can explain the program to you and then, you know, we can go from there. If it's not no harm, no foul, I'll at least give you a couple of suggestions for how to move forward for your next step based on what you're working on um, right now. OK, uh, if you're interested in that. You can send an email to the same thing, warrior C at warrior concepts, warrior-concepts-online.com. Uh, in the, in the subject field, put call request and then in the body of it, tell me you want one of these things. Uh, give me a couple of days and times that you'd be available for a, you know, 30 to 45 minute, uh, conversation to kind of discuss these things. Um, and then I'll check that against my schedule. Uh, find something, as long as it works, if it doesn't, I'll say we'll have to find something else, right? Find something that, that matches and uh, set, up, set up the call, right? And we can actually chat and, and discuss uh, next step kind of things, okay? So warriorc at warrior-concepts-online.com. In the subject line, uh, type call request. If you do it in all caps, it'll really catch my attention. Call request, who you are, a little bit about your background, that'd be helpful. Um, that you want to do one of these things, um, and uh, please, 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 don't do one of these if you're just, like, tire kicking, if you're not serious, if you never follow through on things. Uh, don't do it if you're currently unemployed and don't know where your next meal is coming from, but you want me to, like, gift the entire program. Don't do that. Um, you know, whatever, okay? So I know it sounds like I'm just a dick, but um, we're all trying to be warriors. Do what needs to be done. Take care of priorities. And then we can talk. Okay. All right. So uh, I appreciate everybody else being on. Let me see if anybody else has anything before I wrap this up. I don't see anything. So it's not in now. It's too late. I will talk to everybody again next time. Be safe. And, uh, you know, if you're training, train hard. If not, decide where the hell you want to be. Right. And we'll go from there. Talk to you again soon. Get more of Kudan Radio. Subscribe to your favorite podcasting site or subscribe at ModernNinjaWarrior.com.